Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Greg, what do you got? So Angel Hernandez, the umpire in baseball, was trending this morning. And it was because he had a really, really bad time behind the plate for Angel's Astros last night. He missed 24 calls and had a correct call percentage of only 83% of his balls and strike calls via umpire auditor on Twitter. So <laughs> umpire uh, yeah, auditor the, on Twitter, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's that's who they are. That's, so that's a tap. real that's a real community, Scott. Did don't, not know don't that. sleep. Yeah. I absolutely, did not know absolutely. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Scott, is why does Angel Hernandez have a job A and B? Is it time for robot umpires? Uh-huh. Um, why does Angel Hernandez still have a job? Because he's part of a, a, a group of, of umpires that have been at it for a really long time, and there are plenty of guys who, have, uh, who are good and who are not so good and who uh, call good balls and strikes and don't, and sometimes they toss guys out too soon. They got short tempers or they've got, you know, they got a woody for somebody, so they decide to throw them out. Um, as for is it time for robot umps, here's what I'd like to see. If I watch a game and they show me a square – where the where from the knees to the chest and and this is supposed to be the strike zone and I can see that the ball was clearly in that square and it was a strike but it was called a ball that irritates the hell out of me okay I would love to see some kind of electronic balls and strikes because more than anything I freaking hate umpires I hate them all umps refs doesn't matter the sport I think they all got giant egos. I think they call penalties in the NFL because they want to be on TV, tell their grandchildren, watch the game, I'm going to be on a lot. So I am for some form of electronic, standardized balls and strike zone. Why don't you play video games then? Okay. Like, that's kind of my stance on it. It's like, look, that's yeah. a part of what we're doing. And if you've ever played a baseball game, you know how vital the umps are to simply the culture on the field and all the other communication that is going on. Listen, I'm a bigger baseball fan than everybody here not named Greg. You know what I mean? And I'm telling you, missed calls from Angel last night, that's an egregious, what we call a freak score in the statistical world. But, like, yo, I would rather get rid of the K-Zone on TV than add robot umps in real life. To me, it's just – it's not that it's not that serious. It's just that this is part of what the sport is at its fabric. And, sure, you Agreed. want people to be better, but the solution to bad umpires is better umpires, not right. – electronics that's where i'm at right i mean you know tennis goes a different route and i get that that's fine but i i i'm, I'm with you clinton i think that the human error part of the game is what makes some of it interesting to be honest right. with you i but, also but, will come at it and and i won't take too long on this because we're, we're we got to wrap up and move on to these calls that have been waiting for a long time uh about the uh, burger conversation but um I, i'll say this angel hernandez to me i i know he's not always great at his job and he's very controversial but and I may have said this story here before, but Angel Hernandez umpired in the little league I grew up around. Okay, uh, his father, Angel Hernandez Senior, ran um, the Corey League in my city. Uh, mm -hmm. I grew up in a town called Hialeah, Florida, and he ran that thing for like thirty plus years. Um, Sixty something thousand kids went through there. Okay, over all those years, 
including major leaguers like Rafael Palmeiro, Jose Canseco, Ricky Gutierrez, Alex Fernandez, right? Like a lot of guys went through there. Um, so and, and Angel umped those guys as babies <laughs> in a lot of cases. So, you know, I, I, I know he's controversial, but I got a different place in my heart for the guy um, just because, you know, he was the part of the – him and his dad were part of the fabric of my entire community loving baseball. Look up so. Kerwin Danley and look him up as one of the umps around the game that has so much institutional knowledge. The guy was play, one of the players of the year, all-conference player in California, played for San Diego play, – played at San Diego State with um, – Tony Gwynn, and now he's, yeah. one of, he, now he's an umpire in the league. Like, the institutional knowledge of what umpires bring to a baseball field right. is something that you cannot marginalize. Right, or, by Greg, the way, Greg hold on, hold say. on, Scott. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Greg, it's no different than should we have a robot producer? You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you make mistakes, right? And, and but, but we utilize this as an opportunity to have fun, uh, you know, and, and, ha- and spark conversation. Yeah. So the umpires in baseball, to Clinton's point, no different. Right. Yeah. Well, baseball we umpires. Ba- baseball umpires are necessary. You have to have umpires on the field at all times. There's a lot of plays that need to be called with the umpires. The balls and strikes part is a li- is frustrating, and it changes the entire integrity of the entire of the single at bat based upon whether the guy is calling outside or inside or what like stretching the strike zone, squeezing it, and it changes from at bat to at bat, and that's a problem. I just don't know why the strike zone shouldn't be just standardized if the technology would allow for it. Here, let me give you an example. Baseball. I understand, but hold on. Is, is, is um, instant replay baseball? Sort of. Not really. I don't love instant replay. Okay, either. well, I know, but they instituted it for this reason, because human error happens, and let's try and make sure that we use technology to get the calls as right as we can make them. And so what the problem I have with it is, is that balls and strikes should not be based on somebody's opinion. They should be based on where the ball is actually thrown, when it crosses the plate, and where it's caught. That should determine a ball and a strike, not just somebody's opinion. By the way, I just will say one thing. I've umped games. I acknowledge they're just Little League games. It's a pain in the ass back there. It's a whole headache. And this is what I'm saying. Like, like, look, the reason why the numbers and the robots are a thing is because the statification of the game is taking over what the natural brain trust of the people who grew up around baseball will actually understand what it is, care about, and know about. Don't get me started on this. I will go nuts. All no, I'm saying okay. is that, like, you don't need everything to be exactly right in order for the game to be good. That's Correct. what I'm saying. Correct. I agree. Well, you just uh, said the what... word care. That was the, the key word, care. I don't care about it the way you care about it. I just would like to see standardized balls and strikes. All right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good time. So earlier we were talking about, speaking of baseball, Dodger Stadium is going to have a Shake Shack. So I was asking if the In-N-Out loyalists will go and get some Shake Shack. And we've had very mixed results. Uh, one guy said that he would absolutely do it. Uh, another guy was uh, just like, caller on caller crime there too. Uh, up in arms that he would do. It. He called. He said he was definitely. He was. He, he said he's a liar. That he is not an In-N-Out loyalist because an In-N-Out loyal In-N-Out loyalist would never eat at a Shake Shack. Uh, but And then we had another caller that called Shake Shack basically Wendy's. Called it glorified uh, said, Wendy's. Close yeah. my eyes and uh, taste a different bun. I mean, that's kind of hard to do. The bun, the bun plays. The bun plays, okay? Big time um, it plays. Huge. Let Give me, me a brioche. L- let me go to Lou. Lou and Cerritos who wants to weigh in on this. What's up, Lou? What's up, guys? Hey, listen. I'm a simple guy. My In-N-Out order, three by three, raw onions. Um... That's about what four? It, it's like three fifty, four bucks. Uh, you're looking at a double charburger at Shake Shack for eight fifty. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you bring that in the Dodger Stadium, they're going to hike the price up even more. Are you serious? <laughs> Before fries? Come on. <laughs> I mean, listen, was I, I was saying exactly that earlier. Say again, Clinton? That was a tremendous breakdown, by the way, going with the menu names. And I forgot, the stadium tax element here right. is yes. huge. Would right. people yes. even buy In-N-Out at stadium prices? It's another interesting, interesting discussion. In sort of the oh, you last, know what? That's a good reason why if I'm In-N-Out, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, I also think you lose control. I mean, if we're getting really technical about this, I think you lose control. You try to keep quality control, but once you're inside the ballpark, it's not really you. It's kind of whatever food services company that the ballpark is using that will actually have to do all the work. And, I mean, it might be your products, but it may you kind of lose control. You, the brand, you've given up control to the ballpark. And so um, – I hadn't thought about it like that, but if you go into Shake Shack and a burger is eight fifty, when you go to Dodger Stadium, that burger's seventeen bucks. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't think I don't think anybody's gonna buy. I, I think it's just a whole different discussion. So Shake Shack with your fancy schmancy George beepers or whatever you want to call them probably is more pagers, pagers. probably more Old appropriate schools. in a ballpark. But In and Out is it's it's its own experience. It doesn't need to be there. Uh, all right, let's go to the next call. Who do we have here? We have Alex in Mid-City. Alex, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Here hey. we go. Yeah, um, uh, In-N-Out, man. In-N-Out's the, the, the king of burgers, dude. You, you, can't, you can't go anywhere else. Shake Shack's all right. Their, their buns are nothing, man. And also the fries, In-N-Out, too. But uh, also, I also... <laughs> Whoa, that's where we draw that. the line, man. Look, I don't think Shake Shack's fries are that great. I'm not a big fan of the crinkly fries. It reminds yeah. me of growing up, uh, you know, when uh, Abuela would have to throw them in there, you know, and occasionally Frozen. if there weren't any right. potatoes for her to yeah. peel, right. you know, like, and, and, you know, there was always a lot of potatoes, but occasionally there was a small version of a potato fam- famine in the Sedano household <laughs> growing up every once in a while, and we had to go with the Oritas. Right, Oritas. Uh, and I was never a fan of crinkly Frozen. because of yeah. that. Frozen fries. Oh, writers. Yeah. yeah. I have many In-N-Out t-shirts as well. Better style oh. icon in the overall like yeah. look yeah, of yeah. American culture. The yeah. Shake Shack. By the yeah. way, uh, animal style fries at In-N-Out. Whether but now you you're like- talking about adding stuff to the Correct. fries. Yeah. I'm Correct. just talking about so, the fry on its own merit. That's right. That's right. So, so the animal style fry can cover up just the plain fry. Because when yeah. you throw all the onions and all the Thousand Island dressing all over the fries, you can put a big pile of you-know-what, and you put that stuff on it, and I'll eat it. You-know-what being like a dog doing his thing. Right. <laughs> I'd still okay, eat. noted. <laughs> all right, maybe Already. I'm exaggerating a little bit, Clinton. Okay? No, I get it, but it I'm just saying, like, I, I, like. you know, we, we've exhausted yeah. the burger talk at this point. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this. Um, the Lakers add Ben McLemore. And, look, that's a fine addition. Like, you know, they needed a 3 and D type guy. I'm not the biggest Ben McLemore guy. Um, I just think that he's streaky as a shooter. I mean, he's certainly got great form. I don't understand why he's not a more consistent shooter. Um, and defensively, he's okay. He's fine. Like, I, I, I think he's fine if that's your 15th guy on the roster. Like, I'm not going to break that down much further. <laughs> I do like, and I'm surprised it's just a 10-day, but, I mean, the injuries play here. I do like the Clippers edition of Boogie Cousins, though, Clinton. Yeah, I like it better than Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore is a guy, a body. Correct. Who might hit, let's just say, on a good night, if he hits three shots in a game, you're excited, maybe perhaps surprised. But Boogie is a guy who, first of all, I just think 
from a size standpoint, brings a different thing. I, do I know how much Boogie's going to contribute? I, not necessarily, but Boogie's a guy that other guys in the league like too, to some extent. You know what I'm saying? Yes. When it comes to being on their team, I, I don't. Also, we're at the point of the season two where I don't know how many guys are going to be huge difference makers in the post buyout. Uh, sort of market so I think Boogie's a better addition just because he's a better player but yeah I'm with you on Macklemore like okay good for you you know what I mean but if it gets to that things probably aren't going so well there you go there 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 it is right there if if it comes down to Ben Macklemore is a real contributor to the Lakers then therein lies uh, I'm sure what will be a much bigger problem and it just seems to me that Macklemore is sort of related to the whole LeBron world and that's kind of why he was brought to the Lakers um, Boogie Cousins, though, guys, I'm out on Boogie Cousins. Been out on him, was out on him with the Lakers, was out on him before that when he was in Sacramento. To me, I have a perception of Boogie Cousins. My perception is, is that he's lazy and that he is not a great teammate, that he's more of a selfish guy. Now, if he's changed his attitude and he has a Dwight Howard kind of year like last year where Dwight said, I'll do whatever I have to do to help be part of winning, if Boogie comes in and does that to the Clippers, then good for them. Oh, I, I think he's done that. I, I I mean, that Warriors stint showed me he was willing to do that, and the Lakers stint that never really materialized showed me that too. Like, I, I, man, I got a bad taste I mean, in that, my mouth for him. I, I understand, and you're, actually, you're close to the, the Sacramento Kings group. I get that. So they have a different view, vantage point of when he was their star. Um, I don't think he oh he could be your star. I'm with you there, like your only guy, <laughs> um, or your best player even, right? Like I, I think that you don't want that to be the case. Um, but I, I just think he absolutely is in a different stage of his career, and he knows that. Well, he's a big body, and if he's healthy and if he's motivated – then he might be a contributor. And we were talking earlier tonight about Blake and how you know this performance he's having tonight for Brooklyn. The dunks, the big long-range threes, uh, the fact that he looks motivated because he's part of a winning team and, and a team that has a real chance. If Boogie can come into the Clippers and, and do that, then yeah, he got a chance to be a contributor. Like I said, my, I have a bad taste in my mouth for who Boogie Cousins was, and I don't know that I, I believe that he's changed quite yet. Or ever will. I mean, um, so we've got a couple of things, a uh, couple of tweets that just rolled in. One on the burger talk that has created different lanes for fast foods, okay, oh, yeah. that I need to discuss. Um, also, uh, Sports Talk Smack, at Sports Talk Smack, is very upset with me and Clinton um, about our conversation about human error and umpire. Okay, good, so we will good. have that. I'm glad to hear somebody agree with me. This is good. Okay. Someone does agree with you. Uh, it's rare around here. Um, also, it's rare that the Angels have had a successful season, but that seems to be happening at the moment. I want to touch on that and why in just a few moments. Stick around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, yeah. So the update on that real quick is that Greg has taken the hats down from the wall, but still has not patched the wall. Allegedly, because girlfriend is still not back. Girlfriend not home, no spackle. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Clinton, you did say allegedly. Bergman, are you willing to take another photo of the wall? 
Yeah, I already took a video. It's on Twitter. ESPN Los Angeles actually. Uh, the you know, video we can up. do some forensics on that. We don't know when that video was taken. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was. The, yeah, I will send it to you now. It was. I was okay. Okay. With okay. the time. But your your girl is still not back home yet. Like no. she's been gone for a while with her visiting her folks. So uh, with the kids. So you you have been home alone. Now, again, the whole point, we were like, yo, you need to spackle that. She needs to come back to a nice, clean wall. And you, you have taken down the hatch, but you have not cleaned the wall yet, correct? No, I've not spackled the wall. I did clean the wall. Looks good. I just need to actually just, you know, I need to spackle it. Then I'm going to paint over it so it does look nice. So it looks okay. back to where it was. Look at that and Rubik's Cube you've got right there. And that thing's all done. Did you do that on your own, that Rubik's Cube? Yeah, I can do a Rubik's Cube in under three minutes. Yeah. I can't do it. I still can't do it. I love this thing. All right. Um, so we've got a couple of tweets. Let's start with the sports tweet first and then go to the burger tweet, okay? So this one comes from a gentleman named Sports Talk Smack, okay? A, and I, 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 a buffoon I, named Sports Talk Smack. Okay, I, you, I don't want to go that far. Sorry, but I will. I, I will say this. Um, I, 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 I see he wants to get into the business, and I, I feel like he understands, wants to understand the business, and that's cool. So let me explain the business to you for a second. <laughs> let, let me, well, let me read your tweet, and then I'll explain the business yes. to you. Okay? He writes, again, at Sports Talk Smack, tweets me, Clinton, and Greg. Okay? He left you out, Kaplan. So he says, I'm disappointed in what I just heard. Quote, it's woven into the fabric of the game regarding human error in hashtag MLB, hashtag baseball. Because that's how it's always been, quote, unquote, is a pathetic point to stand on. Let me on. stop in. Let me jump in right there. Nobody ever said because that's how it's always been. What we've Correct. said is that's what it is. Two yeah. very different things. Okay? Right. Grow right. a brain, right. my man. So, so number one, you if you're going to you quote growing? people, you got to quote them right. Okay? <laughs> that is basics 101 here. Okay? We'll do a journalism <laughs> class for a second, too. So, that is journalism 101. Okay? As a matter of fact, that might be the pre-101 class. Okay? Yeah. So, um, and then you said you should want those things to be right, not traditional. So here's what I would say to you. When we play professional sports, okay, the reason that most sports, by the way, still have humans, okay, officiating these games is because controversy at times will ensue. And what happens when controversy ensues? The media, like us, and on TV, are talking about their sport non-freaking-stop, okay? And what happens is now over the last, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 years, social media is in a tizzy, too. And these leagues, not, not about everything. We're talking about something that's innocuous, okay? We're, talk, we're not talking about life and death matters here. We're talking about entertainment, okay? Yes, I know these games count and there's records and this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, it's still classified as entertainment. And the business is better when people are talking about said business and said entertainment. Okay? That is media, entertainment, journalism 101 at Sports Talk Smack. And I'll tell you some one more thing about the sports world in general, since apparently this human being apparently knows nobody involved with the sports world outside of the humans he looks at on his television. Referees... And umpires are people that learn their craft, work on their craft, and execute their craft the same way that the athletes do. I know Kaplan has a different feeling on this, but I'm telling you, here's the deal. And so guess what? 
Are you going to get mad at a guy because he misses a free throw just once? Like, yeah, you might, but you're not going to act like they shouldn't exist in the world because Correct. it's a mistake. This is Correct. the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And to be Correct. equating things with slavery and civil rights, bro, get all the way out of town with that. You're not even making any sense with that kind of virtue signaling. The point is, specifically in baseball, because of the combination of humans that are on the field and what the game is, like the actual gameplay, the ordered pairs that are the hitting, the running, the fielding, and the throwing of baseball, the umpires bring something to the table from a communications level well beyond the calls that is necessary to make the game go well and go smoothly, and in many cases, have fun when you grow up playing baseball when you're like a kid in like pony league or whatever the umpires are just dudes in high school you know what i'm saying and they teach you stuff and it's fun and it's part of the interaction it's a large part of the game well beyond whether or not you can see some box on your screen get checked off with a number and a circle like come on man you have to understand that this is not just about some concept of what should and should not be right it's not that serious it's a game that's the whole point. And when the people that are involved make mistakes, yeah, get better people. You don't have to replace them with numbers because you're so concerned about something that doesn't even matter ultimately in the end. This is stupid on so yeah. many levels. Let me just say this that uh, to the guy who's tweeting. First of all, thanks for leaving me out of it. Okay, that's number one. <laughs> number two, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a baseball purist, okay? So I like the idea of the DH. Um, I like the idea of starting extra innings with a runner at second base. I like the non-traditional things that baseball is trying to come up with to either speed up the game, make it more appealing to young people, sure. whatever. I'm not a baseball purist. So what I'm saying is this, though. If there was a standardized way to have a strike zone, I'd be very supportive of that. Once you take this argument about calling balls and strikes and umpires, and you start adding in these layers of, like, um, slavery and history. I'm like, dude, were we not just having a conversation where a couple of people had different opinions about baseball and you're turning it into this? So, my man, sports smack talky guy. Bro, thanks for leaving me out of it. <laughs> uh, that we did get a tw- blocked. We, we did get a tweet from I am Dennis Z. Now, a much different tone to this oh, tweet. This was cool? about... Our, our burger conversation. Oh, all right. And he says this, and if you didn't know what we are talking about, Shake Shack is coming to Dodger Stadium, and I asked the In-N-Out loyalists if they would eat the Shake Shack at Dodger Stadium, and many have said no. Um, I, I'm curious to see if you want a hamburger, though, how you're going to feel about that when you're at Dodger Stadium. Uh, it says, Dennis says, Shake Shack is fire, In-N-Out is fire. They're not in the same lane, though. Okay. This is what I was saying earlier. He believes that Shake Shack is in the lane with the Habit Burger and Five Guys. Now, what do those three places have in common, Clinton Yates? The Pager. The Pager. And he says <laughs> In-N-Out is like Chick-fil-A. Um, and, yeah, I guess it, it, I would say In-N-Out, if it had an equivalent that, you know, in, in a similar lane, it would be Chick-fil-A. I actually think that's a great tweet. So, hold yeah. on. Here's the thing I think that, that we've been, we tried to figure out earlier today. It was... Is Shake Shack a fast food burger? George, you came up with they're not because no, they give you pager. a pager. Okay? Right, and Clinton said that. I, I, basically, I, I, he, said, he, he said that I got duped into really good marketing like a child, big, like big, a sucker. Quick they fire. gave me a lollipop, and I this, took it. <laughs> this is called quick fire, and th- th- these are different lanes, but my larger argument is that quick fire is fast food. Okay, that's what I'm saying. They're just they are different lanes, but they are both still very much faster. I can't believe I'm engaging this discussion. But wait a right second, now. hold on. I've been hold somewhat, on. Here, here's somewhat the thing. convinced. Here's the thing. Shake Shack, at least that I've never been to one, 
I don't think Shake Shack has drive-thrus. And I think that's no. a distinction we should be Correct. making. What is fast food? Fast food means you have a drive-thru. And non-fast food, casual mm. dining means you don't have a drive-thru. So what is Chipotle? Casual dining. See, big quick fire, I'm telling you, has these people. Chipotle is fast food, as far as I'm concerned. See, Taco In 2021, Bell is fast food. that's fast food. Yeah, they, they, it is all fast food. They're just different, I guess, lanes. This is ridiculous. I can't believe I'm thinking about this. <laughs> no, no. Clinton, listen to me. Clinton, the taxonomy of this goes quick fire is fast food, as far as I'm concerned. Are there tiers within? Certainly. Yeah. But the All pager right. is not the distinction. Anyway. We can discuss this further on the other side. If you want to call in, 877-710-ESPN. Uh, we've got Big Deal or No Deal coming up. All right. Thank you very much, Chris. All right, George, we're going to start with you. And I know you saw this. We haven't talked about it, but I know you saw this. Mm. Brandon Marshall went viral the other day for oh being God. extremely, yes. extremely wrong about how loud contracts were. Yeah. <laughs> screaming. He was actually screaming that only yeah. the top guys have guaranteed contracts. And to look it up. Is this a big deal or no deal? I mean, it's no deal because I'm not going to Brandon Marshall for my basketball takes. Like, you know what I'm saying? But um, nor should I expect him to be intimately familiar with the salary cap. You know what I'm saying? Like, so uh, I do like that show. I like Brandon as a, as a talent. I, I just feel like he just, you know, got it wrong. <laughs> um, and I love Channing Crowder. That's my guy, okay? Former Miami Dolphin was on that show with – Brandon Marshall and Chad Johnson. I love Ocho too, but Channing is my dude. Um, that guy is the best guy on that set, uh, I think, personally, even though he's not the biggest name. Um, you know, the other two are clearly bigger names. But yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, again, I'm, why am I going to Brandon Marshall? You know, he, we only noticed it because he was so loud wrong. So no deal. So what show are we talking about? Because I got to tell you something. Brandon it's an internet Marshall, show. Yeah, he's always been very annoying to me, Brandon Marshall. And, and I say it like that because I feel like when he played in New York, and we were talking about this earlier today with Blake, you know, did he leave Detroit? Did he kind of you know, try and get out of Detroit so he could get to New York so he could do other things? I felt like Brandon Marshall was part of like the uh, – what's the name of the Showtime show? Inside the NFL. Yeah. He did that show and, while playing with the Giants. Right. And I just – I don't know. There's just something about Brandon Marshall. Maybe it's like you know, a lot of stuff that happened in his past all he's tried to make up for. I don't know. Just – Something about that guy just rubs me wrong. I don't know why. And I didn't even know about this internet show with Ocho and the rest of these guys. But as for big deal or no deal, it's absolutely no deal. To, to George's point, who goes to Brandon Marshall for their NBA contractual breakdown information? Not me. Yeah, I go to Bobby Marks personally. Stick, sticking with the theme of people taking things way too seriously. All right, this is a big deal because it has produced the funniest meme of the day. I didn't even know what show this happened on. I have no idea what it was about, but I've seen that image of him screaming at least 25 times today on Twitter because <laughs> it's hilarious. People are just throwing up random scenarios and putting his face in there. So when you can make the weekly meme cycle, it's a big deal for me. All right, Greg. All right, so Dusty Baker said after uh, – Start bringing it right back. There was an Angel fan that threw a inflata inflatable trash can onto the field. And Dustin, Dusty Baker then after the game said that any fans that heckle the Astros are hypocrites because they have obviously cheated on tests before. So, Clinton, <laughs> is this a big deal or no deal? Um, it's not much of a deal. I think that Dusty, though, you got to understand where Dusty's coming from here. Like, Dusty wasn't involved in any of this. And Dusty sort of fell on the sword in a major way for that franchise. It could have been, like, forget about COVID. 
if Dusty wasn't the manager, this would this whole situation would have been completely different regarding how people um, reacted to the Strohs after they were caught cheating and lost, by the way, to the World Series champion Nationals that year. Uh-huh. But I guess what my point is is that like Dusty's understandably fed up with it because it didn't really have anything to do with him. Do I agree with all of his points about who's paid what dues and all this other stuff? Not necessarily. But I can see for a guy at his age, for a guy of his experience, for a guy of his credentials, he's just like, enough. You know what I mean? Like I'm just tired of dealing with this. So, you know, said a couple things, but I, I don't know. Overall, I do think most fans have not exactly forgotten about it. But it's it's much farther down the line of things that people care about these days in the baseball world yep. uh, from a fan standpoint. For sure. I would agree with that. And I, I was surprised. I didn't know, hey, Angels fans. I didn't realize that Angels fans were this angry at the Astros. In fact, if anything, I might have thought that Angels fans who are not Dodger fans would have been like, oh, we're happy that the Astros did that to the Dodgers. The guy in, in the outfield, there were two guys. One guy threw an inflatable garbage can. Another guy was standing out in the outfield banging on a real garbage can and then threw it down on the field. And then when Dusty said after the game, he's like, well, what are the kids supposed to think? It's like, well, um, they're supposed to think that the Astros cheated the game and that nobody really paid for it other than the manager and the general manager who were scapegoated, and all the players just sort of got away with it, and Major League Baseball didn't really do anything. So that's kind of what the kids should be thinking about. But Dusty Baker's like, I don't want anything to do with this because I wasn't here. Well, oh, well, you decided to get yourself into the middle of it by taking that managerial job. Uh, I'm not going to blame him. Um, I, I think the Dusty part is no deal. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, and... I, I'm not going to blame him for getting an opportunity to coach and manage a, uh, a, a a great team at this stage of his career. He doesn't. How many more chances is he going to get at this? So I don't have an issue right. with that. Even if it was financially driven, I, I wouldn't care about that either. But um, I don't agree with him only because it's like, Dusty, you've been around this game for a really long time. You're asking baseball fans in the stands to be reasonable? Like, what are we talking about here? Um, now, I, I clearly, we don't want anyone to get hurt or anything like that. But as far as, like, that kind of stuff, I don't feel like anyone's crossed any line. And again, we're talking about a fan base across the globe, really, or the country in this case, that didn't get a chance to give it to you last year. Right. So they didn't forget. So this is going to still be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Throwing trash cans in the field is weird, though. I, I just. I, I mean, thought it was that, funny. That, I watched it live and, and howled of laughter. It's okay. Fair enough. All right, I'll, I'll I'll take that. That's good enough for me. All right. What's next, Greg? All right, Scott. So Shohei Otani hit a one hundred hit one hundred miles per hour on the mound the other night, and mm-hmm. also hit a ball over one hundred fifteen miles per hour for a home run in the same game. Same so, inning. Same inning. Is this feat a big deal or no deal? It's a monster deal, in my opinion, because we don't have anybody that does this and we don't really know how long Otani is going to be able to do it and when he was being brought to the United States and he was being brought to Major League Baseball and lots of different teams were vying for his services I thought to myself okay come on really a guy who's going to come from the Japanese leagues who's going to be able to pitch and hit in the major leagues when nobody here really does that look we occasionally see a, a pitcher get up to bat and hit a bomb home run i mean madison Baumgartner is a pretty good home run hitting pitcher but that's what he is he's a home run hitting pitcher he's not a home run hitter who also can pitch over 100 miles an hour and i think the other part of it for me that's a big deal is remember otani's coming off of a tommy john surgery so it's not like he's kind of easing his way into it he's giving you everything he's got right from the beginning 
So for me, Otani, to both reach 100 miles an hour on the gun and then to blast a monster bomb home run, for me, I say big deal. It's a deal. Um, my opinion on the Otani situation is that, I, and listen, again, I say this as a massive baseball fan, the gimmick of a two-way player at the big leagues does not appeal to me. Like, it's not that cool to me overall. And that does not mean that I don't individually think that what he does is tremendous. But in the specific case of the Halos, I, I don't need them to be playing this guy this way. He is a tremendous hitter. He's also, sidebar, the best base runner on the team, for those of right. you who don't actually watch the Halos play. Like, the dude is a great everyday player. The pitching, obviously, it's, it's fantastic, but, like, if I'm trying to win more baseball games, I'm teaching him how to play first base, and he can pitch all he wants, except he's not going to be in the starting rotation, and we're not going to make it a priority in order to do that. So, like, I get it. It's an incredible accomplishment, but, like, I, I don't I don't need this. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can hit all the homers he wants. By the way, did you hear the sound of the crack oh of God, the bat perfect. when that perfect. thing went out? You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need both at the same time, though. I'm happy with him being elite at both in lanes, George, that are a little wider away from each other. You know what I'm saying? In order to make sure that they can both still happen instead of trying to run this guy into the ground so that he can do them both at the same time. Uh, look, I do. I'm agree with Cap, though. I do think it's a big deal. I, I do like the pageantry or the novelty, pardon me, mm-hmm. of Shohei Otani doing something that hasn't been done in a really long time, right? Like, I, I, I like that. I think it's intriguing to me. The Angels, and it's, it's gotten me to watch more Angels games this year already than I have in a long time. And I look at that team, and by the way, just a quick side note, they're really good on offense. Um, you know, yeah. I don't think they can pitch all that great uh, over a 162-game span. Um, but they're at least interesting, and he's a big part of He's the biggest part of it, in yep. my estimation, on a team that has the best player in the game in Mike Trout um, and a guy who's really good in, you know, as well in Anthony Rendon. But um, I, I think it's really, really a big deal, and I hope he can keep it up. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to keep it up, but I sure as hell want to see it. So, uh, yeah. All right, that is big deal or no deal. Coming up next, It is National Beer Day, and I got the takes on the beer, okay? So you're going to want to stick around for that, and we've got some golf to discuss. The golf is happening. The Masters is happening. Do you care? We'll find out. Don Elzey, Captain Yates hanging out with us today, and we'll be in on Friday as well. We are off tomorrow in between, by the way, because we have Lakers heat in our place, and this portion of the show is presented by Alignment Health Health Plan, changing health care one person at a time. All right, so it is National Beer Day today. We kind of, it's so funny, we spend so much time talking about burgers and uh, movies and, you know, all sorts of other stuff uh, that we forgot to talk about National Beer Day. Now, Clinton Yates, are you a beer connoisseur? Uh, Yeah, straight up. I mean, I, there are people that I know that know more about beer than I do, but I have sampled and drank a lot of beers and I have very formulated opinions about beers. And I've had an epiphany recently about my beer taste. So, really, what, oh, is, what is this epiphany? epiphany? Yeah. So, for about I'd say a good solid decade. I was straight up, and not in a snob way, in a legitimate taste way, I was an IPA guy. Like, I liked the taste of IPAs. I would travel the country looking for different things, sampling them locally, so on and so forth. When I moved out to California, though, for some reason, it, it just, I don't know. Like, my, my interest and my taste buds sort of evolved, and I've moved back to a lighter lager situation in terms of what I drink more often now. Occasionally, I'll bang out an IPA when I know I'm like, trying to get drunk but i used to drink them because i liked the taste and that for whatever reason with age has just changed although i still very very much respect for the ipa crowd even though they are very maligned 
in pop culture because of the type of human beings that are typically ordering those beers. See, I'm a beer guy in certain settings, right? Like, I'm generally a wine, uh, scotch, whiskey, bourbon guy. Okay. Um, but in certain settings, particularly an outdoor setting, I love a beer. And you can really give me almost any beer and I'd be satisfied. Um, but there are uh, plenty that I like more than others, right? Like, I, I, I am not picky when it comes to beer. But I, there are specific ones, like some of these fancy beers, like my guys at the Dudes Brewing Company. Um, I've been to their spot in Torrance a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to do remotes from there back in the day. And they they know I like scotch. So they have a beer called Ron Loves Scotch. And it tastes kind of like scotch. Scotchy scotch, uh, scotch. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it is, it's really, really good. Like, their stuff is great. They had another one uh, called Genie in a Bottle that was fantastic. Uh, Seven Deadly Sins. There's like the series uh, of beers that they had. Uh, I mean, they they do it right for sure. Um, and I like Golden Road Brewing. Like we did a we did a remote from there. Oh, God, almost two years now. Um, and I love them. I buy the mango cart um, at my you know at my local grocery store, and I stock it in the fridge. And you know, on a nice hot day, I'll I'll go out there and I'll pop one. You know, so I'm not super picky when it comes to beer, Kaplan. So uh, I think everybody knows I'm from San Diego, and San Diego is the um, the craft beer capital yep. yeah. of the world. Right. And so literally there are so many, I would go so far as to say hundreds of craft breweries in San Diego, and they all have tasting rooms, you know? But I got to say, and I do this on my podcast every Friday, I do something called Beer Friday, and every Friday a new brewery comes in, and me and my team, we all taste their beers. I don't like IPAs. I don't like hazy IPAs. I don't like the bitterness. I don't like the heaviness of it. I like a lager, like you were talking about, Clinton, and I've come Mm -hmm. to understand what it is that I like in a beer and what it is I don't like. One thing I'm surprised, though, fellas, have you tried a stout? Oh, yeah, sure. Listen, I know my way around a beer menu. I mean, listen, a stout is a breakfast beer. You get yourself an oatmeal stout, you know what I mean, before brunch, before you really get the mimosas moving and all that that gives you a little something that sticks to the ribs. Absolutely. If I'm having a pho or a nice bowl of soup or something hot, I'll give me the lager. If I'm sitting outside talking trash with my boys, I'll take the IPA. I might even take what we call the Deepa in my crew, the double IPA. It all works in a different realm. I'm just saying that, like, now I'm so glad that we have this kind of culture because I got friends that are serious beer guys. I got beer guys or beer snobs. Well, there's, you know, okay, I don't, I'm not going to pass judgment on my friends because the snobbery comes with a certain level of knowledge. But my point is, is that I don't take it that seriously. I don't need to know where every single thing was sourced. I don't need to know the notes of all the things that are happening. If I hit it and it's good and I like it, I'm going to continue it. But I'm also not the kind of person that has to swear by everything. So, you know, maybe a beer flight here or there, maybe something depending on the mood. But, yes, I like beer. That is not yeah, a question. I got to say, though, like I have found it somewhat intimidating and difficult to navigate when you go into a place that has a whole bunch of beers that you never heard of. Because for me, I'm a simple beer drinker. I will drink Coors Light. I'll drink uh, Corona. I'll drink Pacifico. I like a lighter, crispier, more refreshing kind of a beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when I walk in and I'm like, I see all the different names, IPAs, double IPAs, and the alcohol content and the funny names. And I'm like, you're intimidated. Well, it's just oh, overwhelming. So like it's like, I don't know. Beer. I don't know what to get. And then I just wind up doing the same thing every time. Like, I'll have the blonde because I don't really know. So that's why I started doing. <laughs> well, why like don't you go thing. with somebody? Why don't you just ask the, the bartender? Hey, here's what I like. What do you Cause, recommend? Because I because I'm telling you, I didn't know. 
until I started doing my own research to figure uh, out what it is that I like. I and also now think I know. there's something to address here, too, which is this is just a function of age. And I don't mean like you're elderly in that sense. I mean, in terms of the times when you were in bars hanging out at places is not when this became popular. So, like, most of the bars these days that you go to that are frequently, you know, I don't know, just regular places where they have regulars and stuff like that typically have craft beers now you know so like you don't have a choice on some level but to know this stuff if you're going to be in these places i know that's why, the reason i brought that up sort of this being 10 years ago of my life which was that the local that i hung out at was a craft beer spot it was a cool joint but the beer they sold they were constantly rotating them you know what i mean you sort of had to keep up and know because otherwise what were you even doing there it wasn't even like a big thing it was just part of what sort of the culture of the place was and so if one was not in that space when that happened it completely makes sense that you wouldn't know but to me that's just that's now common knowledge, you know what I mean? Because I spent right. probably way too much time in bars, you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? When this was like sort of the entry point that you had to have to even be able to talk to anybody, you yeah, know? So yeah. that's a lot I, of experience uh, there. I got to say, man, I, I am, uh, I, I've experimented with so many of the IPAs and hazy IPAs and West Coast IPAs and <laughs> San Diego. I've tried them all. You know, I still always come back to a lighter, crispier, lottery right. kind okay, of Okay, and beer. that's cool. It's a yeah, palate thing. I hear, you that. Like. I hear yeah. that. I hear that. I hear that. so bitter, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, by the way, um, you know, and, and that's fine. You go to you go to what you know. And you, people know this week, for example, right after the NCAA tournament, we have the Masters. And the Masters are getting going. And I'll tell you this. Normally, I will not watch the Masters if Tiger Woods is not involved. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not intently. I I usually will will peek in every day a little bit. Not like, but when Tiger's in, I'm locked. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it has always been the case. I am not a super huge golf fan. I am a Tiger fan. I I always make that known up front. Yeah. So, but this year, I may watch even a little more than I normally would without Tiger. And by the way, Tiger did tweet out um, that he's all good. Uh, he's good. He's back, and you know the the investigation's over. That's what we care about. He's healthy. He's happy. He's home. Right. But why and would you be more good. interested without Tiger playing? What's What's got you more interested this year? DeChambeau. Ah. The craziness ah. of like this so frat fall, bro who looks like he, cr- this. Like, like he crushes beers on his forehead. Speaking of beers. Mm-hmm. And this crazy <laughs> torque he has. He's like, I don't know. One of, he, it feels like he's like, a, like Mike Trout, Jose Canseco, like, you know, out there, like, Billy Madison, uh, you know, mixed in there. Like, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Like and Happy yes, Gilmore. And, yes, I have – you know, I'm sorry, Happy Gilmore. You're right. Um, I, yes, Clinton, I heard what you said. <laughs> I have fallen for it, and I will tune in more because I like the personality here, too. I don't mind that. I think Bryson brings an element to the game, the meathead element, the hardo element. That mm-hmm. is something that I think a lot of people are drawn to. This is very big strength because coach it's energy. so counterculture. Big strength, yeah. Big strength coach energy from him. Big get back guy energy yeah. from him. But Dan Campbell, a, he's like Dan lot, Campbell's cousin. <laughs> there's a lot of good golfers in this tournament, and I'm not a huge golf guy either. But let me tell yeah. you the person that you're going to want to follow. For those of you who didn't see around the horn earlier today, my man Cameron Martin. Okay, Ozzy with a mullet. First off, okay, so automatically awesome. Number two, he went under 74 times last tournament and didn't win. All right? This dude can golf. Pretty good par five guy, too. There's a, there, there's a reasonable amount of parity with enough guys yeah. at the top in this tournament, never mind DJ who last won it, that I think this is 
far more watchable than the average non-Tiger well, Masters for the you know for it, the non-major golf fan. And I always like to sneak in anyone that's local, right? So Colin Morikawa, right, who went to La Cañada, you know, in La Cañada, Flint Ridge. Uh, you know, I used to live in Pasadena right off the 210, so I, right. I know the area super well. I used to drive through there all the time to visit uh, my in-laws in the valley and, like, you know, make that trip down the 210, uh, you know, to the, to the you know, 118, basically. Um, and, and so, like, I, 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 I root for those kids, too. So I will keep an eye on Colin as well, but Shambo is getting me to the TV set. Okay. Yeah. okay. So listen to this. Um, so the other thing about this Masters that I think is interesting, but you kind of have to be – into it a little bit to appreciate it. Think about this. So the Masters are being played here in April, which is where the Masters are usually played, the time of the year, right? But the last time the Masters was played in COVID year 2020, it was in November. You guys with me? 144 days ago. Okay, right. So the players themselves have said that what Dustin Johnson did in November, you talk about the Dodgers winning in a shortened season, And some people, you know, people who aren't Dodger fans say, oh, you could put an asterisk next to that. Well, the PGA Tour players are saying that about Dustin Johnson's performance in November because they say the golf course plays so different in that time of the year versus this time of the year. So the scores, in theory, should be significantly lower than what they were in November. So for me, I'm not like like a huge golf fan. I am a Masters fan. I am more like you, George. I'm more of a Tiger fan. But, uh, but I am curious and interested because it was just a few months ago that they played last year's Masters. So putting it all back on track and getting back on schedule and to see if the, the golfers are right, that the conditions then were so different, they were more conducive to better scoring versus right now. In fact, you were talking earlier about uh, electronic umpires, and you were saying, what about an electronic producer, right? You said that to Greg, yeah? Yes. Yes. So earlier today, listen to this quick story. You guys will appreciate this. Well, we we'll only have 30 seconds, so make it real quick. Ah, forget it. doesn't matter. All right, save it for tomorrow, <laughs> then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we only good. had a minute. I mean, yeah, it's all good. Okay. Because I got to do Valvoline here. So oh, yeah, 30 well, then, seconds. Then I'm letting it. All right, fine. Well, all right, I, hold I'll on. You ready? Uh, Scott Kaplan, excellent job today, as always. Much love to all you guys in Clinton. I love it when you fill in, dog. Thank yes. you. Clinton, excellent work, as always. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Marbles. All right. Greg and Jorge Briones sitting in for Laura today. Great job by you guys as well. Uh, We are done here. Travis and Sliwa are up next, and we will talk to you on Friday. Friday, full show. No show tomorrow because we got Lakers heat. See ya.